0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I'm your host, as always, Evil Eddie, and today we got a very special, uh, very special guest joining us once again here on Pure Evil MMA. We got Jillian Robertson. What's going on, Jillian? How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, just got home from my uh, win at Czech Republic, so I'm really just on top of the world. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, I was listening on the way
0: home. I was listening to uh, J. Cole's Middle Child, and I couldn't help but think of you because one of the lyrics in the song is, everybody counts him out. And I feel like that's, that, that, that's your situation most of the time, between the Meatball Molly fight and this fight right here. I mean, we, we have so much to talk about. I'm so happy that you won. And uh, let's start right here. Before we even talk about the fight, I saw that you recently just got home, and your dogs welcomed you at the front door. How happy were you to see them? That's one of the roughest things, right?
1: Oh, 100%. Leave it, like, my dog's my only roommate. So, living with, like, leaving him is probably the hardest thing for me every time I go. And uh, this time I was actually gone for three weeks because I was up in Milwaukee for this camp. So, I had to leave him for a long time. So, it just feels good to be home with him.
0: And he actually has his own Instagram page, which I saw. Rob the dog, uh, 772, which leads me to my next question before we talk about your fight. What the hell happened to your Instagram? All your pictures are gone. What happened there?
1: Um. So I woke up the morning of weigh-ins, me being dehydrated and miserable. And um, I actually, I had a message from a hacker that said that if I wanted my Instagram account back, then I could pay for it. So um, I didn't do that. <laughs> and he deleted all my uh, pictures I lost about 300 400 followers and um I ended up having a friend of a friend who uh, knows somebody who works at Facebook and they were able to help me get my account back but otherwise I wouldn't have gotten it back so it was definitely a big uh, surprise to wake up on way in morning to that
0: what the, like that had to stress you out because everybody knows like you work every day to build that social media account. Even the UFC encourages you guys to go out there and use social media as much as you can. This should be illegal. Like, how, how are people doing this? It's this is that that's crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. It was a, and it, like I said, he tried to sell it back to me. And then once I did end up getting back into my Instagram account, he was trying to scam people through my account. So it was just an absolutely terrible situation altogether. I still have people messaging me, trying to give me money. And I'm like, no, no, please don't. <laughs>
0: This, the, the, You know what's so crazy? You Actually, you should have pretended to send the money be like, yeah, send me the address or send me your account number and have the police go through it. But it's just too much. Like, that's so crazy. I feel sorry that that happened to you. But things are up and running right now. You're still at the top of the game. You're coming off this amazing win. So let's jump into that fight, the meat and potatoes of things. The first round, I mean, you guys had a, a lot of transitions. Uh there was a part in the fight where she was rubbing her elbow against her face. Bring us through that fight and what was going through your mind in that very first round.
1: Um, I, uh, the, I just watched the fight for the first time today. And uh, by the comment, way the commentators are talking, I feel like they thought I lost the first round. But even watching it again today, I feel like I won the first round. It was definitely back and forth. It was definitely close. But I still feel like I did more and I did enough to win it. Uh, she was definitely landing more strikes than me. I feel like... She was very explosive on the ground, so I wasn't able to get off a lot of my strikes, but I was in more dominant positions. I was getting my takedown, so I feel like I did enough to win that round. And um, there's no, there's one body kick she definitely caught me with, but other than that, there was nothing really that she caught me with in that fight that really did any damage or it affected me in any way, even. Like, even the body kick, I was able to walk through it, and I, I believe I hit her with the two right after. So, um, I guess I didn't feel like I was in danger at any point and I felt very strong and very confident in this fight and I'm ready to get back to work.
0: <laughs> now you were actually walking out to Tyra Woodley's song. Uh, what What is it? I'll, I'll beat you. I'll beat your ass or something like that. Uh, yes, I was. What was the decision going into that? I mean, obviously you're training with Dean you're you're training with Woodley and you were out there in in, in this foreign place without your team. You actually had, Kayla Horacho, is that how you uh, uh, say her name? Uh, Rocco, Rocco. Yeah. So did that kind of make you feel more at home? Like you, you, you had that Gracie energy, like your family was right there with you when you walked out um,
1: of that? I feel like, honestly, like I train an American top team, but really Dean and Kayla are the two people that I work with more than anything else. Usually it's me, Dean and Kayla in the back room and we're drilling for hours on end. So I feel comfortable with those two no matter what. So I feel like a big part of my last camp that was missing is that I didn't get a chance to work with Dean. He was up in Milwaukee with uh, Tyron for my whole last camp. And my it was short notice fight too. So it was only three weeks long and... I didn't feel 100% prepared going into that fight. So this one I wanted to make sure I was with him for the whole time, and I definitely felt prepared walking in the cage. I felt ready to go in there, and I uh, think it showed.
0: So going into that second round, let's talk about that because that's where you're able to get things done. What were you guys discussing going into that second round? What, what were you saying in the corner? How did you get your uh, your mind right to uh, you know go in there and get the win this uh, in, in this round?
1: Um, honestly, my corner, she was there mostly for, uh, I guess just to help me get warmed up and uh, like whenever she came in the cage, well, she asked me, she's like, do you want me to tell you anything specific in between rounds? And I knew the game plan going into it. So that's, I was sticking to my game plan going into the second round. So all she did, she told me to breathe and just calm myself down. And that's all I needed to do was just stay focused. Cause I already knew the game plan. We drilled it for weeks and weeks before this. So it was just maintain that same game plan and go in there and execute it. I
0: mean, watching that fight, it seemed like you were going for submissions nonstop there because right now, after this win, you're now tied for most submissions in flyweight uh, female history. Are you aware of that?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was made aware of that after this fight, and I believe I'm tied with Montana De La Rosa, uh, another great submission artist, another young girl, too, that I actually— I'd expect them to want to match this up soon, but it's definitely a great feat for both of us. Well, let's talk about that.
0: You said that you want to get on UFC Miami?
1: Oh, yeah. That's uh, coming up, I believe, April 27th. So it'd be a nice quick turnaround, and something local for me would be awesome.
0: Yeah, because you're down in Florida right now, but you're also a Canadian. And and really quick, just kind of, detour this uh while while we're on the canadian thing gsp retired this week and we're gonna jump back into the fight but gsp retired this week you're a canadian what does that mean to you like who is gsp to you
1: i just feel like gsp in general is one of the greatest martial artists in the sport so for him to retire he's a legend you know so it's uh it well he had an amazing career for everyone to look up to
0: You know, being out in Canada and seeing what he was able to accomplish. A guy that's not really a shit talker. He goes in there and he, he was really technical. He was really just uh, a professional round and round. It's got to be so inspiring as a Canadian to, to see somebody like that from your area. That was able to break down so many walls and build the sport. Because now, you know, you know, Ronda knocked down walls. But really, GSP for the Canadian market opened up so many doors to show people that you know Canadians have some great talent. And now here you are getting a win, being tied for, you know, most submissions in UFC history, do you kind of feel like you want to pave the same type of path as a Canadian female fighter to, you know, not try to top GSP, but just represent Canadian fighting?
1: That as well as, like you said, to represent mixed martial artists. I feel like he is someone who uh, was popular because of his skill, not because of how he talked himself up. And it's not like he was shit-talking his way to the top. He made it there because... uh, he was just that good
0: so you've actually been at att since you were 16 years old and now you're only 23 right you're, you're still very young yes so how does it feel to you know be in there be with the big boys the big girls training with dean i mean what does dean bring to your game how does he you know make you a complete fighter what does he add to you
1: oh well, dean let it like he was the person who i started with when i was 16 years old wow. uh he had he had a school in uh, Port Saint. Lu- he had his own school, uh, an American Top Team school in Port Saint Lucie, Florida, and that's where I grew up. So um, I've lived there since I was seven with my parents, and then started training at his school when I was sixteen. So I've literally been with him since the beginning. So he's really his style is my style. He created me as a fighter. So anything that like I feel like he just adds to my game hundred percent. Like we think on the same wavelength, and if I can't have him, in my him in my corner I don't really want anyone else there
0: it seems like you really perform well out of your comfort zone do you feel that way as well like when, when you're on because I think last time we spoke and correct me if I'm wrong I think you were telling me that like your plane got delayed and you were just kind of getting frustrated you're going to a new area right that was you right
1: yeah, that was when I fought, uh, went to Liverpool
0: that happened. Yeah, you fight Molly. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. Let's go back to that really quick because after <laughs> our interview, Molly freaked out. You actually called it here on Pure Evil Mame, what you were going to do. And I remember the comments I was getting and, and people were sending to you after that interview, people were pissed off, especially UK fans saying that you were going to go in there and, and finish Molly. I mean, how good did that feel when you were able to get that win and just prove everybody wrong?
1: I feel like everyone just feels amazing and it's like you I just put so much into these camps especially Molly I had a six-week camp so that's a month and a half of me just thinking about one person going to bed every single night just thinking about one person so once it's finally over it just feels good for it to be done with and to have that couple days of relaxation where I don't have to stress about that one thing anymore
0: well, also on that same note with the Molly fight, she came in a little bit overweight. What was going through your head in, in those moments? Because you, you put in all this work, you're all the way, you know, out there. So it's like, oh, do I really want to, you know, not take this fight? I, I, I'll still get, you know, 20%. I'll still get paid. But what what made you decide to push forward and, and still accept the fight, even though she was, you know, way overweight? Uh,
1: She was, I think like she was only like a pound and yeah, a half pound, over the pound and okay. a half, wh- yeah. Um, and whenever I actually, she weighed in uh, for official weighing and then the uh, commission gave her an extra hour to cut it. And then if she couldn't cut it, then I was going to get awarded my extra 20%. So at that point, I was just hoping she wouldn't make weight because I was like, all right, I get paid a little extra. Um, there was no point where I ever like that extra pound wouldn't have stopped me from having the fight ever, unless it's to like an extreme extent, like I wouldn't fight like with Mackenzie Duran, how she came in seven pounds over that one time. But it, like, if it's just a couple pounds, it, it won't make a difference. <laughs>
0: and, and you know what? Something else that we can, uh, you know, pat you on the back for is that win over Molly, you actually broke uh, the pattern that was uh, being followed with people missing weight and then going in there and getting a win, you know, Darren Till, there was a couple of people that missed weight last year and ended up getting a win and getting an award. And you actually put an end to that. So, uh, congratulations on that. Now, really quick, going back to your fight against Veronica, you know, she's a tough cookie. Uh, Did you you feel like the UFC was trying to set her up because she was on a two-fight losing streak, and they're like, you know what, let's set you up with Jillian, let's see how you do there. Did you feel like, you know, a little disrespected there? Like, they were kind of undermining Um, you, you were coming off a loss there. How did you feel uh, with that matchup?
1: Um from the, I don't know, I feel like any fight's a winnable fight for me. I've never denied a fight because every time I'm offered one, I'm like, yeah, that I can definitely win that. I feel like I have potential to take out any girl in this division. Um, my fighting style just in general is going to be dangerous to any girl. My submissions can come out of nowhere. So it's like I can catch anyone, I feel like. And uh, so I always thought it as a winnable fight. I, uh, I don't I feel like I don't necessarily. I never saw it as the UFC trying to set me up, I guess. I feel like uh, I always look at it as them trying to set the other person up. That's how it goes in my mind. But I guess that's just a confidence thing for me. Like from the beginning I'm always looking at it like, oh no, like they're trying to give me an easy matchup so then I can uh, like they just want to get me back in there. They want to get me back in there and that's just the way I always think. It's always positivity always because- looking at uh,
0: Go ahead. When I found out that they were matching her up against you, I was like, all right, they gave her Ashley Evan Smith, very tough girl. Then they gave her Andrea Lee, and then I was like, all right, what are they going to do next with her? And then I see your name get brought up. I was like, they're not doing this girl any favors, whether she knows it or not. She's, she's getting thrown right into the dog pit." So, you know, did you get to talk to Veronica after the fight? What kind of a person is she? She seems like a lovely girl.
1: Oh, I never talked to her at all after the fight. I didn't. Uh, I saw her for a couple seconds and just hugged her and thanked her for the fight. But, uh, yeah, we never exchanged any words.
0: Now, for somebody like her, she was coming to the UFC five and zero. What kind of advice do you give to girls that you know we doing the same thing that you were doing? You know, as an amateur, I think you were like nine and one. You be, you became a pro. You got an ultimate fighter. What's some of the best advice to prepare somebody for the big stage like the UFC that would uh, you know follow the same path that you did?
1: I just feel like it. Uh, it's a different level once you get to the UFC. Like, when you're out, like, I took every fight that I, I could get. Like I said, I was fighting everybody. So, yeah, I do have some uh, uh, losses on my record, but, like, I was fighting everybody. I never had, I wasn't, like, searching for scrubs. And I feel like a lot of, like, it's easy to pad your record before you get in the UFC. You can find a lot of girls who are scrubs and just kind of get your wins. But then once you get to the big show, it's not as easy. And you realize that there are no scrubs in the UFC. So I, I just say, if you want to see your reel, then accept fights. <laughs>
0: so I have one more question. And then we actually have a, a fan question for you really quick. My next question is, when we we're talking about UFC Miami, do you have anybody in
1: mind that you would like to fight? Uh, Anyone? <laughs> I feel, like I, definitely, I feel like I definitely deserve at least a top 15 opponent now. Uh, like you said, I have the most wins in the flyweight division right now, or I'm tied for the most wins in the flyweight division, and I feel like I definitely uh, deserve it. I feel like there's no reason I shouldn't get someone in the top 15.
0: So let's go into the fan questions. This one comes from Scott Kenyon over in the U.K., he says, uh, ask her when her calendar's out. Do you have a calendar or something like that, like a, a photos? Or is he just making this up?
1: Uh, yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> he probably just wants you to publish a, a calendar with, with all your photos <laughs> that are now missing. Uh, he also yeah, sends th- in this question. Ask Jillian, since she always fights away from home and likes to travel, is there anywhere she'd like to visit for a fight? What country next?
1: Um... Well, like I said, I would love to get on UFC Miami. That'd be something nice to have something local. But I know there's also an Ottawa card coming up in Canada. And there's also um, UFC Glasgow coming up soon. And uh, as you guys know, I'm originally from Canada. And then both my parents are from Scotland. So I'd love to be on both, either one of those. <laughs>
0: All right. That's an awesome answer because there's so many places that the UFC opens up doors for you guys to travel. And uh, what do you think your favorite place? Right, uh, A question from me. What do you think your favorite place so far that you've uh, been able to perform at has been?
1: Um, I know Prague was absolutely gorgeous to be out there. Just the city itself was amazing. It's just there's so many. Uh, the architecture there was just so unique and I, I love being in that city.
0: Hey, why don't you bring your dog with you? I mean, he, he's sitting at home. He's missing you. I'm sure you have somebody watching him. But, you know, you see people like uh, like Rose Hunez is one that, you know, brings her dog everywhere. Why don't you bring your dog with you?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure her dog's a little bit smaller yeah, than mine. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, an 80 pound pit bull doesn't really fi- fit in a purse too well. <laughs> um i know her dog's probably like 30 or 40 pounds so she can probably bring him a little place a little bit easier but um i definitely miss my dog whenever i'm gone and if i'm at, if i get on ufc miami he'll be with me there oh yeah definitely
0: and you know what honestly i can relate there i'd actually be a little nervous even like i have a little dog i'd be nervous to put him on the plane like underneath like the cabin that, that would just freak me out you know i wouldn't i wouldn't like that so before we end the interview i have uh quickly Pro Picks, uh, Cynthia Calvillo, she wants to fight Tatiana Sares. You actually fought Cynthia before uh, you guys were in the UFC, right? Yes. Uh, how do you see that fight going if she gets it? Cynthia versus Tatiana. How, how would that fight go in your mind?
1: Um, I feel like Tatiana is honestly probably going to be a future champ. Like She's a threat to a lot of girls in the division. Her wrestling is just that next level thing. But um, like when I fought Cynthia, it was actually on five days notice that I took that fight. And uh, we ended up going to a decision and uh, I know she has good jujitsu. I know she has heavy top pressure, but I don't know if she can handle the wrestling of Tatiana. She, like I said, she's just that next level thing.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to fight Tatiana and she has an amazing story herself. This is my last question to you. One last pro pick Thug Rose versus Jessica Andras. How do you see that fight going? Who's your pro pick on that?
1: Um, Andraj is definitely a huge threat with her her wrestling and the the way she put down Carolina last time with uh, like her power behind her hands. So it's definitely gonna be a hard fight, but I'm always Team Rose.
0: Yeah, Thug Rose, man. I I can't believe how far she's come. A girl that everybody undermined just like you, on the ultimate fighter. And and to see what she's able to do gives hope and faith to everybody. And now you are also paving that same path. So, Jillian, I want to thank you so much for joining us once again here on Pure Evil MMA. You know what we like to do at this point in the interview. I hand the imaginary microphone over to you if you have any sponsors, shout-outs, anything at all. The floor is now all yours.
1: I uh, just shout out to my sponsors, uh, Creating Better Days CBD, Chef Fit Meal Plans, and FTWR brand where you can get your Savage shirts. And um, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's Savage_UFC. underscore UFC. And
0: hopefully nobody will hack that account. Hey, really quick, you're, you're bringing up CBD. Do you give your dog CBD? Is, is he getting a little older? Do you give him CBD? Do you play around with that?
1: Yeah, I do give my dog – I have CBD treats from Creating Better Days as well as uh, CBD drops that he gets every day because he has terrible hips, and that stuff has made it so much better.
0: It's so cool to see what our generation is uh, doing, knocking down so many walls. Jillian, thank you so much. Before we let you go, can you just say, hey, guys, it's Jillian Robertson, and you're listening to Pure Evil MMA? Hey, guys, it's Jillian Robertson, and you're listening to Pure Evil MMA. Thank you, Jillian. Enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless. Oh, thank you. Have a wonderful day. There you guys go. Jillian Robertson joining us once again here on Pure Evil on May. What a pleasure to have her on. One thing that I always enjoy about having her on the show is, you know, after the first time, I, I, you guys know I have Robert TQ Turnquest on all the time, and he's actually the one that hooked me up with Jillian to get her on for that first interview. And ever since then, man, every time this girl fights, I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm so nervous. This happens with a lot of fighters that come on the show. You get a little biased. You want to see them do well, obviously. You want to see, you know, people that come on your show, and you know, especially when she had the Molly McCann fight. She came on right before that, and I remember the backlash that she got afterwards, where people were just You know, denying her, telling her that she was going to literally get destroyed inside the cage. And she went in there and was able to get a finish. And now... She is tied for the most submission wins in that division's history. And, yes, you guys are going to say, well, Ed, it's a new division. That's still an amazing accomplishment. There's not many people that can say they have records inside the UFC. So uh, congratulations, Jillian, on that. Congratulations on your win. That would be amazing to see you on UFC Miami. Even though I enjoy watching you kind of get out of your comfort zone, I think that you perform really well during that. Uh, We'll see how she does fighting at home. And in this case, she'll be able to have Dean in her corner. So she'll be able to... uh, you know, feel a bit more comfortable. Have her dog there as well. And I thought it was so badass to see her walk out listening to her playing Tyrone Woodley song, which I did a reaction to. And it's really not that bad. Everyone's jumping down his throat. Uh, but really, it's, it's really a pretty decent song. I would love to hear the people talking shit to make their own rap song. And I'd love to react to their rap song. So uh, it's a little harder than you guys think, especially when you have so much on your plate. Uh, so, big shout-out to T. Woods. Shout-out to Dean Thomas. Shout-out to Jillian Robertson. Everybody over at ATT. Trisha Saro, another one that likes to come on the podcast. They have just absolute killers over there, especially for the females. And you have Jillian, who's been over there since she was 16 years old. She's now 23. It's So super impressive. So, always nice catch, uh, catching up with Jillian. Guys, she has six wins. Five of those wins being submission. Absolutely brutal. All right, so I got a treat for you guys. Before I let you go here on this live interview, uh, this part's going to be cut out of the actual podcast, and that's part of the announcement. We're going back to the OG style of Pure Evil MMA for iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the actual audio podcast. Uh, and, and if you haven't listened to audio podcast, guys, and you're watching here on YouTube, Periscope, wherever, go check out the audio podcast. We're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads every 28 days. It's amazing to see. We're also doing a podcast with Ultimate Fighter Season 10. First pick, James McSweeney called Gloves Off. We just released our 12th episode. But uh, for those of you guys that are new to Pure Evil MMA, you may not remember or have no idea what I'm talking about when I say we're going back to the OG style of this program, which... Really consists of, you know, doing the intro, obviously. Then we go into three to four, maybe five of the biggest MMA news stories, and we like to split that up throughout the podcast. We'll put an interview in there, which Jillian's interview will be on the new podcast. I think it's this episode two hundred and three of Pure Evil MMA Podcast. Which pff, it's a lot of pot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's what four hundred hours of content that I've released here on this program. Also, guys, pureevilmma.com. Catch up on all the latest and greatest MMA news. And on top of our picks, live results. We just did our live results for this last card. and We have UFC 235 coming up, which I will be doing a live fight companion with some of the other journalists over at pureevilmma.com. Speaking of journalists over at pureevilmma.com, shout out to Miles Hutton, who... His tweet was just mentioned and shown on Dan Hardy's show inside the Octagon. So pretty cool. Congratulations, Miles. Uh, Miles, always nice to see one of our own uh, making big steps and uh getting an acknowledgement. Absolutely awesome, guys. Make sure to subscribe down below here. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Who would you guys like to see us have on the show next? And not only that, with the pro picks, Cynthia Calvillo versus Tatiana Saras, if that fight happens, who are you picking? Also, Thug Rose versus Jessica Andraj. who would you pick there? Comment down below. Give us a thumbs up. And also, guys, I'll say this one last time. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, and Periscope. I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA, pureevilmma.com. Remember, guys, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Behave yourselves.